Hey, beautiful people, and welcome to Concealed Scars. Today, our topic is Peter's, Peter's Plus Syndrome, which is an inherited condition that is characterized by eye abnormalities, short stature, and open, opening lip or cleft with the root of the mouth, a distinctive facial features. Some of the symptoms include a cloudy cornea, short stature, shortened limbs, and a cleft palate. Some of the causes could be the B3GLCT gene not working correctly, which is an enzyme in divided of complex adding of sugar and molecules in the protein. Today, I have the beautiful Iva Baloo, who is my guest today to talk about Peter's Plus Syndrome and bring more awareness to the topic, which is something that I never even heard of personally. But I'm glad that she's here to enlighten us on the topic. Hi, Iva. Hello. First off, thank you so much for having me. And yes, I I love hearing that when people are like, I've never heard of that because it's not something that is often prevalent, especially in black and brown communities in the U.S. And so I love being able to bring awareness and educate people who want to know more. Yeah. Tell us a little about yourself so we know, like, and then we'll go into what Peter Plus Syndrome is and your experience with it. So yes, yes, Peter will know that I was born with Peter's Plus, also known like a cleft palate, but I'm more than that. Born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida. Two great parents, mom and dad. I have three older brothers. I am the baby girl. I always (laughs) like to say, yes, I am spoiled, but I had to work for my spoilage. That's the only way that I could put it. And, you know, aside from me being born with Peter's Plus and my cleft palate and lip and being bullied, I had a great childhood. I really did. I had great friends. You know, my parents did everything that they possibly could to make sure that I had opportunities. And I do think that was one of the ways that they combated my bullying, my being bullied and having Peter's Plus in the club was that they never let me feel like I was a victim or that I was handicapped. Mm-hmm. They were very adamant on other people knowing, nope, she is very capable. If she doesn't speak up for herself, then I, I don't know. Like she has to advocate for herself. And that was very empowering. And so it wasn't until I got older, I was like, wow and just seeing the difference. So I would have to say I really am very thankful for that. I like that. That's good that they instilled that in you and didn't treat you like differently. Oh, no, not at all. It was never, because it was very funny. Like, so every year I would have to go downtown to Nemours, mm-hmm. um, where they have a huge cleft clinic. It's actually one of the largest in the north. Um, East region. In fact, kids from Brunswick, Georgia come down to Jacksonville. People don't know that. But Mm -hmm. I would have to go every year to see all my doctors. And it was always very, I guess you would want to say polarizing to see the difference because you would see kids who had less severe cleft and cleft palates than I did who Mm -hmm. parents, and not to say that they didn't love their kids, they obviously did, but just because of what it was said, they had made their child almost like they they had crippled them they had made you know mm-hmm. and my parents were not that way you know even though 
when I was first born, they had told my parents she would never live a normal life. She'll never be able to do this or that. And my parents were kind of just like, okay, we hear you, but that's not what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in fact, um, my dad, one of my dad's favorite story that he used to like to tell would be um, during one of those routine doctor's visits, they would do little tests to kind of check my cognitive and see where I was as far as IQ or yeah. And again, you have to be careful with these tests because you don't know the child's background. So yeah. on the test, it was a picture of a PB&J and I didn't know what it was. And they're like, see, we told you that she would not be cognizant. And my father was like, no, that's not what that is. She, she doesn't like, need it. <laughs> she doesn't need it. My mother had never played. People think it's so crazy. I did not have a PB&J sandwich until I was in high school. Oh wow! My my mother was sitting <laughs> up there making our baby food, like her, she she made my baby food homemade parades, or you know mm-hmm. when I was a kid, my favorite sandwich was provolone cheese with pepperoni on marble rice bread. That's what I was eating. <laughs> oh, with spicy mustard, I had to have the spicy mustard. So I don't know anything about a PB and J. And he was like, just but you, if you ask her and sit down and talk to you, you're gonna be like, oh, she's actually very smart very intelligent yeah she just never had a peanut butter and jelly i just never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that's (laughs) that's crazy isn't it it's just it's one of those things that when people say exposure yeah exposure exposure and like the power of life is in the tongue it is Mm -hmm. a true thing what you say about you is who you are Mm mm-hmm and so they just never said that she was capable she can advocate for herself yeah and I do now like PB&J's I just want to let people know I do now love <laughs> good PB&J <laughs> so that's good isn't that the wrong with a PB&J every now and then <laughs> but again but if you ask me still to this day my default I still love that pepperoni with some <laughs> but now I like pepper jack cheese but it's still gonna be on the marble rye bread with some spicy mustard like that I have to consist in that whatever works mm-hmm. if it works for you it works for me <laughs> so that is me um, and yeah and in between those times I was having surgeries like mm-hmm. about 30 30 corrective surgeries my, 30 over what span like I know it's over uh, some years but yes my first surgery was at six months mm-hmm. because so with my cleft palate and I followed a very traditional cleft repair surgery line and typically you have your first surgery within th- six months to nine months so I had mine at the first of six months and then I also had like a heart valve issue so that was a whole other thing and no, they weren't related to the cleft palate, but things obviously happened in utero, mm-hmm. so that had to be fixed. And then I had another surgery when I was one. Then that slowed down. I think I didn't have my next one until five, because you also have to get the body time to grow. Yeah. Because they can't do certain things until you are a certain age to see what it's going to look like. So my big surgery, that surgery that is like, you're really a part of the cleft club was my bone graft and that mm-hmm. one was 10 
and I think that's the surgery that I remember the most. In fact, I actually still have a scar on my right hip that mm-hmm. I, I can still see it. It's gotten smaller and people are like, well, you know, there's a cream that you could get rid of it. And I was like, I don't really want to get rid of it because even now there's parts of me where I, I almost feel like I don't see my club anymore. Like I yeah. know it's there. So it's one of those things it's like, I don't want to completely erase that part of me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to erase that and so like we had said before um, your scars kind of tell you what you've gone through Yeah. so when you look at it you can say I have done tough things before and yeah I'm, I've been bruised but I made it through so I would never want to completely erase that bruised but not easily broken exactly hello like like I I will get bruised and I'll even you might even knock me down you might even knock me down but one of my favorite um, people to like I've read his book several times Dave and guys can't hurt me how he talks about Rocky and the 14th round like I'm gonna go the distance you can knock me down but trust and believe please don't turn your back on me and think that you have won because I don't care how long it takes I'm gonna get back up I'm never I'm never gonna be down for the count never I'm going to go the distance so as you should as you should so it's like whatever it is I hope you're ready for the long haul of this because we're gonna go rounds yeah yeah you mentioned bullying Mm-hmm. I experienced bullying to an extent because um, of not necessarily my scar because you can only mm-hmm. see that because it's under my clothes so you wouldn't know unless I showed you right but because of my transplant mm-hmm. I had to eat certain foods like when I was little I didn't necessarily eat meat I would eat the skin off of meat, but I wasn't really eating, like, the actual meat. Like, if you gave me a piece of chicken, I'm only eating the skin off the chicken. Mm -hmm. So, it was a time when I was in preschool where my bones and my protein levels were so low, it was hard for me to, like, walk and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, they were giving me boost to build my protein up. And Mm -hmm. I remember this boy in preschool, he picked on me. And he was the, like, the preschool was a little church. And he was the preacher's kid that owned the church. It's, it's and always I snitched. <laughs> it's all good, because it's always them. <laughs> I snitched. And I said, such and such, he is picking on me because I have to drink this at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, my mama had to have a meeting with his parents. And he didn't pick on me no more after that. But he did side-eye me, and he was cool with me once we got in elementary school. But listen, you're not going to talk about me and this little milk I got to drink because <laughs> I don't like eating meat, and we're not going to do that. And then because I have, like, I have eczema. Mm-hmm. So my skin, and then I have hyperpigmentation, or some people may call it um, vitiligo. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. the correct definition. But it didn't start till like I got a little older. But my skin isn't its normal tone. I'm different Mm -hmm. tones. Mm -hmm. 
because of yeah. my eczema. I got picked on that about that in high school and not high school in elementary school, and because I didn't get it took a minute for me to get braces, so mm-hmm. they picked on that too. But mm-hmm. how did bullying affect you? Because yours, not that mine wasn't physical, but I know that having a cleft that's not something people normally see. Yes. Again, like I said, cleft palate is actually, people don't realize, it is the number one birth defect in kids in the U.S. One in every 700 kids born every day. So every day out of 700, so 1,400 people are born, two of them, and continue to do the math. So like every day that happens. But it's still not that prevalent in the black and brown communities and I being a proud African-American woman was around a lot of black and brown people and they just were like what is this thing mm-hmm. and you know, I, there's a difference between not knowing and wanting understanding and there is, is I know that it's different and I don't like it and I'm gonna make it known or you know calling me weird or um calling me I used to, they would call me poison ivy and run for me because they didn't want to get it on them that one was a hard one that one was a hard one um I think the the one that stands out to me the most um I was in fifth grade and again because my parents never allowed me to not go do anything like you're gonna yeah. be with all the rest of the kids um my family on my dad's side very musically inclined my brother played the trumpet and the tuba so you're gonna play an instrument too I was playing the clarinet not really nor the flute <laughs> but you know I could I could get through a song so I was coming <laughs> back from a band recital and there was I was in the fifth grade so they had to be like in the second grade and it's two second grade class but they're lined against the wall I think they were getting ready to go out for like recess Mm -hmm. and as I start walking down the hall they are laughing and pointing and saying ew what happened to your face and Mm -hmm. just things like that and even to this day I can remember just a little I don't don't know how you old how you are in the fifth grade probably no more than like eight nine ten at the max yeah having to say to my 10 year old self Iva, do not cry. You cannot let them see you cry. Mm-hmm. And I walked that whole stretch. And it was funny because my dad, when I got in the car, he was like, what's wrong? So mind you, this happened probably one o'clock in the afternoon. I went the whole day. I never told anybody because I had to hold it in. Mm-hmm. Because I knew once I said something, then the waterworks were going to Yeah. So I couldn't. I couldn't say anything. I couldn't talk about it until I got in the car and he just looked at me. He was like, what's wrong? And I told him. But yeah, even what you said about the boost. So the surgery that I had when I was 15, I had to get my mouth, uh, my jaw. They Mm -hmm. did my job. So I was like Kanye. I had my mouth wired shut for Mm -hmm. about two months. And so when I finally went back to school, I had to take a syringe and suction the, the boost and then squirt it in to my mouth. Mm-hmm. 
I had to go ask the teacher, can I come in your classroom at lunch? Because there's no way I can go in the cafeteria and sit and do that. I was like, you know, I'm already getting picked on. If I do this, I cannot come back. I couldn't, (laughs) I couldn't come back. And she was obviously, of course, and luckily I had a really good friend, Kristen. She would come and eat lunch with me, so I didn't have to Mm -hmm. do that alone. Mm -hmm. But and it's funny the things that you have to do as a child to like protect yourself mm-hmm. so again that was me advocating like hey I'll do this but I could not do that in the lunchroom can't happen <laughs> yeah no that's that's too that's a little too much to uh, deal with at yeah. one time and I understand why you did and I'm glad that there's a teacher out because you got some teachers that'll be like oh you'll be fine no, let me sit in no. the classroom and eat mm-hmm. this food for this good little 30, 20 minutes and then we can go on about our day. <laughs> yes, and that is something that I wish all adults would, would hold on to and remembering that at one point in time we're young and and I know that we're like, you know, you don't really have much going on, but to them at that time, that is everything mm-hmm. and you have to honor that. And the fact that if I was in that teacher, I would have done the same. Like, because the fact that you even had the forethought to come ask me, number one, it meant that you felt safe in my classroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can, and so then to just dismiss that? No. Yeah. I think adults could listen more. They may not be saying, I need help. But in that way, they're saying, I need help. Yeah, without physically saying it. Saying, yeah, I, I'm not, yeah, I'm not a person who, now I've gotten better. I can still work on it. We can always work on ourselves. But, like, that was my way of saying I needed help. <laughs> that was all you were going to get. That's good, though. Um, when it comes to... Because I know when I talked to you a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and I talked about how I got your contact or your like your whole story from a friend who sent me your Instagram, and I told you my initial thoughts was like, I gotta have her on there. She is so pretty, and you said that's something you're not used to hearing, and I wasn't saying it to be like. What do you say to be what's the word just like complimentary because as something you know, we're just naturally complimentary yeah but I'm, you weren't doing I'm it to giving, be polite yeah I wasn't yeah, doing it to really, be polite I was genuinely saying she's really pretty and mm-hmm. you said you're not used to that and mm-hmm. when did you or if you struggled with embracing your beauty mm-hmm how did you come into that because me personally I'm more I'm becoming more comfortable mm-hmm. with and embracing my beauty which is something I've been working on and have struggled with like for some time but I don't tell people that because when you see me the confidence looks great yeah. but in my mind it's like mm, this is just for today y'all like yeah. <laughs> I really tried today, but on a good day, I'm just like, this, oh, I don't like this. 
<laughs> when did you become fully in tune and more embraces of yourself? So first, I want to say it's a. I am finally realized it is a. It's a pendulum because there there are mm-hmm. days where you just like, oh girl, what is going on here? What yes. is going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But I always go back. So what happened was around twenty eight. Mm-hmm. I'm a planner. I'm I'm a planner. So 28, I was like, okay, 30 is coming. 30 is really coming, and I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that I went in for 30 right. Like I just like I can't, because I'm not gonna lie. Like I enjoyed my 20s, but I was just like, there's certain things about my 20s I cannot take into this next next decade. Mm-hmm. And so part of that was me going to therapy. I I mm-hmm. fully support that. And because I realized that there were parts of me that I didn't realize were broken or that I hadn't fully processed, namely mm-hmm. being my class and everything that went along with that and my father's death. So my I was given the task of writing down three words that I wanted to like signal me. Like what three words do you want to be remembered for? If they could not say anything else about you, what were the three words? And it's actually the name of my business, Real Sophisticated Joy. I wanted people to either say she was real, she was always just so sophisticated in her dress and in her style, or that she just made you feel joyful. Like it was always just joy went around because prior to that, I was not I wasn't those things. I was real, but I was real nasty because of I carried my hurt for the cleft and for my father outwardly and I wanted I thought I didn't want people to know but looking back on it I wanted everybody to know and I made it very clear and I did that by becoming a bully myself Mm. I bullied other people and not in like the physical way but I there are just certain things I didn't even have to say that like looking back on certain things that I said to people I didn't have to say that just mm-hmm. because it might have been the truth there's always a better way to say things mm-hmm. you don't have to try to purposely tear people down and I realized it was because that's how I was talking to myself because I didn't like my class so I came up with the three words, but then I was like, okay, well, that means I got to get rid of all of this other stuff. So I wrote out all the negative thoughts that I had felt about myself or anything, just that I no longer wanted to carry with me. And I think subconsciously, I also, like, I just, when I did that, it was almost like I cast out of an ugly spell, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so to speak. And so, moving forward it was just like I I moved in those three words and it was just like it turned and I remember one day just looking in the mirror because I before that I could never really fully look dead straight into the mirror because I would see my club that that would always be very shocking because think about it you don't really see yourself until you look in the mirror yeah Sure. So I had gotten really good about like avoiding mirrors or I would wear my hair um, swooped over my eyes so, and my nose so you couldn't see it. So mm-hmm. I started doing things that would force me to be straight on. 
so starting to say affirmations in the mirror and I had to just stand in the mirror and say these things also I changed my hair so there was no longer a bang to swoop over so I had to face it forcing yourself forcing myself like straight on this is me this is me and with time it just started to come I started to feel in inwardly I just felt like I just felt joy within myself nothing else it didn't, nothing had to be happening around I could be in a completely quiet room but I was okay because a lot of times people don't always like to be in a quiet room because mm-hmm. things come talking to you yeah <laughs> being person, alone with your thoughts <laughs> yes past person trauma start come talking to you so you're like Mm-mm. but now being able to sit in a room and nothing and I'm not depressed I'm not sad I'm 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 good mm-hmm. that was just a okay and I'll never forget because one day I was walking down the street and it was like everybody oh my gosh you're so pretty oh my gosh you're so gorgeous and I'm not saying that in a boasted way I'm saying that because I yeah, no. was like I was like who me me oh, okay <laughs> okay well thank you and then another like maybe a couple months later it was like it happened and I was just like oh my gosh I'm so tired of this and I immediately stopped in the middle of the street and was like little girl you would have begged to have that happen one day mm-hmm. don't ever you say thank you and it was like I said it to myself because it was just like Mm-mm, you can't do that Yeah. so now when people are saying it I, I'm thankful for it but it's just like I, I truly take it as people are seeing my joy my joy is so beautiful so whether people say that or not that's how I take it you see my joy you see what I have created and overcome and that is beautiful that's gorgeous and I thank you for that thank you for acknowledging that that's beautiful you're welcome you're very welcome no I'm I'm learning to accept it you will because okay because you and that's why I said that it's a flow thing because if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see for a long time I wear like this curly hair. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> right? Curly hair, curly hair. And it was like that was synonymous with me and my brand. And it got to the point where I started not to like myself when I didn't have that hairstyle. And I was mm. like, no, we can't do that. So I actually recently cut it. Yeah, I seen that. It looks good. I like that cut on you. Thank you. But You're it was welcome. like, because so, I was just like, again, I have to like me. Mm-hmm. I have to like me. Because it was like, if I didn't have that wig on, if I didn't have that other style on, because yes, people, it was a wig. For those of you who did not know, it is a wig. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wig. Um, no. India, Ari, I am not my hair. And so I cut it. And I was like, okay, there she is again. There, There she is. No, I like that. That's 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 great. And hair, I don't know what it is about hair, but when you get your hair done, you feel like I don't know who you feel like, but you don't feel like you. It is hair for us is a big. It's a big thing. It's just it's a big. big. And that's, when I say us, I mean women. It is a big thing. But I think that 
when you can overcome it, it's like, I now feel like regardless of whatever goes on, I can, I can do it because it's just hair. Yeah. Because that was the question that I had got. What if it don't grow back? Then it doesn't grow back. Mm-hmm. So you gonna have short hair forever? I'll have short hair forever. Mm-hmm. I'll have, and I will live with that. And that's not to say for those people who have medical conditions. Yeah. That's different. But it's like, no, I I will I have to be okay with me, whoever mm-hmm. me is. And I can't hide behind things that are not real. That was the reason why I wanted I wanted to be real. And before I was real with anyone else, I wanted to be able to be real with myself. Mm-hmm. And me loving my hair or me loving just how I look when I wake up, that is real. Because that, that's who I have to deal with every day. Yeah. Tell them. <laughs> You know, like you have to deal with yourself every day. That is the one person that you are in constant communication. You talk, your body talks to you. You talk to your body. I don't know about y'all, but I talk to myself. I, I don't answer myself, but I do talk to myself. So I have got to be cool and real with myself. If I'm not real and cool with anybody else, mm-hmm. that's true. So. I had I have to do and you you know you when you get to that point of as I said like having your own real sophisticated joy it makes it easier when you feel an off balance like when I mm. felt that way about like the moment that I felt that way about the wig I was like oh okay we're gonna go fix that it was I don't know if you've seen the movie Bad Hair but it was like oh you're not finna you're not finna be stuck in me then nah girl it's okay <laughs> we're gonna put you up here. And we're going to go cut this hair. And we're going to get right back. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, recently for me, with my hair, like, I don't know if it's just my body or if it's, like, when my medication would change or mm-hmm. my eczema would flare up. Like, I would go through spells of losing my hair. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't had a spell in about in a couple of years. So, I was like... Okay, because I've always I've always been natural. Mm-hmm. I've never had a perm like ever or a relaxer ever. No, so it's 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 been natural all this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've always contemplated getting locking my hair, and it took me the longest to lock it. I just recently locked it in. I'm going on my two years in October. So congrats. Thank you. It's it's because it's been a commitment. Because I said once I lock it, I'm it not cutting it off. It is. That's because people always. I don't. It's funny. I don't know why people really want me to lock my hair, but it's for me. It's too much of a permanent commitment because I will change up my hairstyle. Even though mm-hmm. I got the shortcut, you never know. In two weeks, three weeks, I can always get me a good wig and pop that bad boy on. <laughs> so I have to hold it. So with, I just always are just way I, like that's permanent like I'm I'm, I'm in it <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like you know what I'm gonna go sit in this chair and I'm gonna let you do what you gotta do and I'm walking out and this, this is it this is it and since I've gotten my locks 
like I wanted my hair to grow out a little more because I didn't want them to be too short yeah but either way I still went through the so-called ugly phase although there's mm-hmm. no such thing in my mind but what mm-hmm. people would consider it yeah I still just woke up like however they was when they when I woke up that how I'm walking out the door I just I don't care well, that's it's just, just part gonna of be process. everywhere <laughs> so yeah, I'm just like let it go process. that's but part of the process with locks I've noticed my confidence mm-hmm. since I've gotten my locks and especially since they've gotten longer and then I just recently dyed it and I've never dyed my hair before mm-hmm. I know right <laughs> it's, 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 I'm, it's great my, con- my even some of my friends said like her confidence level is like she's on 10 a little bit because, on you know 10 so, <laughs> not to say I don't I, you know God does everything the way he's supposed to but when you do yeah. certain you're like oh this is how I, I'm supposed to look this is this this is me this is you know my look and so when you find that look it's like okay now I can you, you step into it it kind of it does make you step into it because that's like even with my haircut my, mm-hmm. the second part of my business I, I'm always going to be real but it was sophisticated and yeah. I never this lady I was in the store and she literally ran, like watching her run across and I was like what's going on because you know how you we can't are. just be running you can't just be running what's going on and she came running across the store and she was like oh my gosh I love your hair it is so chic and I was like huh your hair it is so chic it looks and I was just like oh okay and that has been the response from everybody and so now I've just been okay well let me dress a little chic let me let me make sure that's add a little always, razzle dazzle to it right. <laughs> that's how I've always wanted to be so mm-hmm. it's like you step into yourself mm-hmm. you know so I get it but I love the embracing your beauty and I'm glad that you're at a point where you're fully Mm-hmm. accepting yourself mm-hmm. not that you didn't before but your more understanding of it would be a better way to put it yeah yeah and I, at this point I just this is me mm-hmm. good or bad this is me and I know that I have the power to improve the things that I'm already good on you know yeah. and the things that I'm not or like my bad okay that's gonna be a part of me I can minimize them or I can just at least acknowledge okay that's that's not one of my finer things but it's a part of me and just being okay with that it makes it great and that's good and I'm glad that that's I, I just love this and I'm glad we're having this conversation <laughs> what inspired real sophisticated joy like what is it and what inspired it so real sophisticated joy is I always tell people I wish that I could ball it up but <laughs> I can't but you know it when you have it and it's just mm-hmm. what you just said you have you may not call it you can call it confidence but because confidence is fleeting but real sophisticated joy is I may not real the first part I may not feel like it today Mm -hmm. but you said I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna rock it anyway right Mm -hmm. that was the second part that's sophisticated 
you come into that joy of either way I'm good because when you walked out that door that day you still walk with your head high that's an inner thing that's that's real sophisticated joy it is that you can always go back to you you don't have to go outward you can always go back to you and be okay and be at a place of peace that's real sophisticated joy and what inspired me to do that is more so especially for those who are in the cleft and cranial facial community Mm -hmm. they don't always have that feeling of being okay because of the cleft especially those that are maybe a little bit older and didn't have certain surgeries and still when they go out people are staring or saying things or having a 40 year old woman who never wore lipstick because she never wanted to draw attention to herself being at a point now after finding her own real sophisticated joy sending pictures where of her wearing red lipstick <laughs> that that that's amazing right because she found something within herself that I don't care what anybody says I my inward feels this red lip today that is real sophisticated joy and it makes it worth it I just love the brand I love the like real sophisticated I wouldn't even think to put that together (laughs) <laughs> that, I wouldn't tell you when people when I told people I was gonna call they were like that's not a word and I said I know that I I know that but when I'm done it will be a word bootylicious wasn't a word <laughs> true <laughs> and I'm not saying I'm Beyonce because that's the queen but what yeah. I'm saying is when I'm done you'll know it, what it it's is a word. it is any, anyone who's come in contact with real sophisticated joy you now you know it and the mm. next time you're out and you see someone who was truly in their bliss, you're mm-hmm. going to be like, oh, that's real sophisticated joy. Even Simone Biles, when she came back and how she was like, she was so happy to mm-hmm. get that medal. She was walking in her real sophisticated joy because she listened to herself. She was honest and real. That had to be hard. Yeah. To say, I'm having mental issues and I need to take a step back on such a big stage there were girls and countries that the only, they didn't even care about anybody else competing but her mm-hmm. they were just like we have to go against Simone Bow. yeah so, so that's the real but she was like you know what I love this sport yeah I love this sport so I'm gonna do it I don't care what it is how I place I'm just gonna I'm just going to compete. And she went out there and she just did what she loves. That's joy. And to get that medal, mm-hmm. that was real sophisticated joy. So again, no, I can't bottle it up, but you've seen it. You experienced it. Yeah. You just didn't have a title for it. Now you did. <laughs> now you do. <laughs> what type of um like for people that have kids or just now what advice would you give to parents who have kids with Peter's Plus or what do you want people to learn or get from your journey I would say the biggest thing 
is so one thing I have to give my mom one of her sayings that she would always tell me is you have Peter's plus Peter's plus does not have you Mm. and always approaching it from that angle of yes my child does have that but that does not mean that they cannot grow with that it does not mean that they cannot you can strengthen that and make it something beautiful and that is something that I always say and being taught the importance of advocacy And that's for any parent, whether they have a cleft or cranial facial or not. Teaching a child to be able to advocate for themselves goes a long way. Because if the child ever goes to college, they have to learn. Maybe there's a subject matter that they don't quite understand. They have to be able to advocate and go to that teacher's assistant or to that professor and say, hey, I don't quite understand. What can I do? Advocate even going to going into business or getting a job and they want to move forward Mm. it's not just especially in today's world it's not just oh come to work do your best no you have to go out and network you have to also let people know what it is that you want you have Mm. to advocate for yourself so really doing that will get them far because there's sometimes where you never know who might know who, who might be able to, if it's as far as in the cleft world, maybe I, maybe we know someone who can get them connected that they can possibly get the surgery that they need. There are things that could happen, but if they don't know how to say, this is what I need or this is what I'm lacking, mm-hmm. how do they move forward? That, I like that. And I like that your mom told you that. That was a big, and it's because even now, yeah, even <laughs> now, when I'm like, when I'm trying to get or getting sick, I don't say that. I'm like, oh, a cold is trying to catch me. I don't say that I'm catching a cold. Why? Why would you <laughs> catch a cold? I like that. <laughs> so I, I don't say a cold is trying to catch me, but he, it's not fast enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Because people always funny because they're like I mean, you never I really rarely am I sick rarely am I sick that's good mm-hmm. that's because, great yeah so I just a cold is trying to catch me but I'm not catching it that's it gonna stop it before it starts mm-hmm. now on the other side I have a, <laughs> this very southern mother so I do all of the southern remedies I am, <laughs> I'm not even going to fake the funk yeah, you will definitely find me with a hot toddy. Then I'm gonna put some Vicks vapor rub on my feet and on my chest. I'm gonna put some socks on. I'm gonna put a sweatshirt on, and I'm gonna go to sleep. And I'm gonna wake up the next morning. If it's not clear, then then I might do some Mucinex. Or for the old school, my Islanders might also know about this. Some Buckleys. Between those two, <laughs> I would be all right. <laughs> hey, it worked. It works. It works. We can work for us. <laughs> right. It works. It works. I'm just saying, they live longer. They were fine. Some, there are certain things that, yes, we're very happy for modern advances, but some yes. of that stuff, they knew what they were talking about. <laughs> they be knowing. 
Y'all, you better listen. <laughs> you better listen. This is my last question. Okay. And I love, I ask this on like the end of every show. Okay. What does concealed scars mean to you? Oh, what does concealed <laughs> scars mean to you? So, honestly, we all have concealed scars, whether they are physical scars that, yes, you know, as I mentioned, I have my bone graft scar that you would never see unless you see me in a bathing suit or, you know. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you have your scar on your chest but I wouldn't see that unless you're clothed but it's a scar and that's mm-hmm. something that you carry with you but then there's also people who have mental scarring for whatever traumas that they have gone through and you don't know until you start to talk to them or you, maybe you're in relation with them and you're like oh that's a that's a scar that you have there mm-hmm. and so I think that concealed scars are beautiful but I do mm-hmm. think that they need to be revealed. Mm-hmm. I love that answer. <laughs> they need to be revealed. Because also, there might be somebody else who has that same scar mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to handle it. So if you show yours and how you're managing it, maybe it can help them. That. There's no wrong answer. I just like asking people to oh, see no, your I perspective it. of it. <laughs> no, that's a good one though. Because SCARS is an acronym for oh. secure, secure, confident, accept, restore, and support. Ooh. <laughs> so okay. when I ask people that, I like to see if they like their answer touch one of those acronyms. I think I did, that, but that yeah, works. I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> now, but no, I'm now going to have to ask that to other people because like, what is concealed? Because that's the question. It's like, oh, usually like, what angle could they go with that? Yeah. But I really appreciate you enlightening us on Peter's Plus Syndrome. I learned some stuff that I didn't know even when I researched the topic before we even had this conversation I was googling everything and clicking all types of links <laughs> <laughs> thank you and the funny thing because people are always like but you know, you're not sure so I, I truly believe part of that again going for that bougie I was sitting six years old sitting there drinking cappuccinos so you know I truly do believe in that whole you know coffee shorts or growth at a young age but it was all really what it was. It's like my brothers, as I mentioned, I have three of them. They're all over six, six, five. I didn't want to be tall. I didn't want to be tall. <laughs> well, that was that. That well, it worked out. It worked out. Perfect. I'm a perfect five eight, right in the middle. I'm good. Well, you're tall. You're not short. Yeah. yeah, I'm not short, but I'm not tall. I'm not. No, because again, I. I think at one point in time they had said that I I might be six feet and I just didn't looking at it then as a child I thought I cannot be six feet and have a club the two can't go together mm-hmm. the two couldn't go together because again as a kid I already stood out yeah I, and as a kid you don't want to be different you want to be just like everybody else you want to be together mm-hmm. 
And so that was that. That's, that's good. And I, I thank you again. You're for welcome. Thank being you for being on me. here and just responding to my message. No, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Well, everybody, this was a great episode. And we'll see y'all on next time for Concealed Scar. I'm just trying to survive. Can I just breathe for a minute?